0: Welcome, friends, to my podcast, Medicine in Action. As the COVID pandemic continues raging around the world, it leaves no aspect of human life untouched. In addition to its uh, massive physical toll and loss of life, we're also seeing tremendous effects on the mental health of people around the globe. My guest today is Dr. Simrat Sethi, who is an esteemed colleague, friend, and a classmate from my medical school, of Maulana Azad Medical College. He's currently a forensic psychiatrist in Oregon at the Oregon State Hospital in Salem, Oregon. And he joins me by Zoom today. Welcome to the program, Simrat.
1: Thank you Vikas.
0: Uh, thank you so much for finding the time. I wanted to discuss some important issues that are pertaining to the mental health of all of us uh, as we're dealing with this once in a century event Uh, What has your experience been so far in uh, handling the, um, what are you seeing uh, in terms of the effects on patients as well as healthcare providers uh, in your uh, area in Oregon?
1: Because I, I work at a state hospital where our patients are generally referred from jails or from other private hospitals in the community. Um what I've noticed amongst the patients, uh, some of them are anxious. Some of our long-stay patients, because of the news they've received, feel safer in the hospital rather than going into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, others who have to return to jail are more anxious because obviously the hospital is a nicer facility. It's a hospital rather than returning to jail. Um, More of my concern has been our staff members, um, all of whom have uh, been coming to work, also dealing with life stressors. Uh, In some ways, the pandemic is like a prism on our lives. It magnifies prior pre-existing concerns like anxiety, depression, substance use. Um, If you're in a conflictual relationship, those seem to have gotten worse. Um, If you're a working parent, figuring out where the kids go when schools are closed, uh, child care has been a big issue. The good thing about the state of Oregon Letting people work from home uh, if, they have, if they're at a high-risk situation or have family members who are at high risk. Um, so all around me, I see a lot of increase in anxiety, stress, depression. Um, and that's what you see on the surface. Um, what's happening to people that they're coping with is another issue.
0: I see in my practice a lot of social isolation as well. I have a lot of elderly patients who are either by themselves or they would have had some social outlet, which has kind of been stopped now because of the COVID. Are you seeing that as well?
1: Yes. Um, Social isolation has been hugely stressful uh, for my colleagues, for the staff members on the unit. The usual avenues for socialization seem to have gone away completely. Uh, outside eating, visiting the coast in Oregon, or visiting uh, the mountains. Um, for example, there was a news media article uh, in the local media in Oregon about every weekend being a holiday weekend at outside places. Um So given the lack of socialization, which we as uh, social animals need, um, people have been coping with increased substance abuse um, and high risk behaviors in some ways. We've had a few, well, countrywide episodes of folks assaulting others when told to wear a mask or melting down in public. Uh, So social isolation has been huge
0: um, I thought that was a Florida thing. You can't uh, monopolize that in Oregon, man. That's We we have the rights to it.
1: Well, stress is stress. And when people are stressed out, uh, we all behave in ways that we regret later.
0: True, true. Well said. I, we definitely see an increase in drug and alcohol abuse. I mean, I have patients who um, are reporting, self-reporting, that instead of the glass of wine, it's become two and three and you know, and uh, weight gain has been another uh, physical end because probably stress eating.
1: Yes. Uh, I was talking to nurses on the unit and they were all complaining of the COVID-10 or the COVID-20. Uh,
0: I heard a different one called the quarantine 15. <laughs> <laughs> so regardless, I think it, it is. It's, it's our ways of coping. But that, that was one of the important issues I'm going to get to in a little bit and how, what are healthier ways of coping. But first, I wanted to ask you personally a little bit, how are you coping? How is your family coping? And as much as you can share in terms of just getting an insight into, and I'll share my experience as well.
1: Sure. Uh, we, we have a son who's in college in Dallas, Texas, which now is a hotbed of COVID. Um, so in March when Oregon shut down, uh, our concern was, was he coming home for spring break? And if he did come, would he stay at home then? Um, And it's amazing to say my teenager was a better planner than his uh, parents. Um, He decided to postpone his spring break travel since He said, this is peak travel time. Everybody's traveling. I'm hunkering down. And then he came three weeks later on an empty flight uh, with mask and precautions. Um, So it was interesting. The kid planned it better than his parents could, and you would have thought we had 30 years on him.
0: Uh, (laughs) Kudos to him. uh,
1: So before he came, he packed up his Stuff, put it in storage we found a place to store his car at and he's been home ever since um, we have a younger one in high school who's had the time of his life uh, in the last few months um, staying at home having his brother video games uh, and playing volleyball on our street since there's no traffic um, it's been interesting journey as a psychiatrist you think you would have better insight into your issues but as my wife and sons tell me um, they have better judgment than their father ever does so of course I put on my COVID-15 pounds uh, with stress eating and alcohol but over time I figured if I painted more and looked after the yard That would uh, cover my time at home. I started cooking more, much to my wife's relief. And then I figured out, since the older one was home, my uh, recipe, the amount of food I needed to cook had to dramatically increase. So instead of six eggs, now I made eight eggs, just so I have some egg to eat. (laughs) Uh Uh But have this thing my wife is interested in indoor plants so like the game plants versus zombies we have a game of uh, plants versus paintings because i paint and so we have this constant battle at home which i figured i'm losing now because her plants uh, exceed my paintings
0: that was quite um actually a thing for me to see you are um such an excellent painter, and I've known you well all those years, and I did not know that about you. Is that a new hobby you picked up, or is it something you always did but never shared?
1: I was always a doodler, but I never painted till about 2010. Um, We had just moved into our home. My wife had always said she wanted to paint, so for Thanksgiving, that long weekend, I decided to be a good husband and get her paint supplies, but she never used them, so I started painting since then, and haven't stopped.
0: Awesome. Awesome. He complains
1: about the three closets, which are full of uh, garbage uh, canvases. Um,
0: I will take them off your hands anytime I've volunteered that you are actually quite good. So I think that that's a good point to bring up in terms of finding that one hobby or passion or something to divert, keep our minds occupied and busy. For myself, I've been doing this uh, podcast which maybe me and two other people listen but uh, regardless uh, I have fun doing it Uh, and also uh, keeping busy with uh, biking, tennis with the kids. Uh, Same thing we have an older one in college and a younger one at home, a high schooler and they've been playing lots of video games they do play tennis with each other and then the usual sibling rivalry but I I I do think that there are every aspect of her life that is uh, affected by it because the worry, of course, of getting sick. The worry of passing it along to our family members. The worry of our parents. The worry of, you know, will it will we be up to the task if, uh, you know, the family is under stress with with illness, and we've seen some very close family, uh, friends, uh, colleagues actually get very sick with it. Thankfully, uh, they have recovered. But uh, what what are what 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 are some of the things that you have seen that are actually healthier ways of coping and what are some of the unhealthy ways, what, what would you suggest as a psychiatrist?
1: And I, and I knew I would be doing this podcast, so I reached out to some of my colleagues uh, and unanimously they were uh, saying, remain in touch, reach out, uh, keep your social circle intact, even if you cannot meet in person, Make sure you are in contact by phone, by video chat, uh, by email, by text, keep those connections going. Uh, The other one was to get a hobby, physical activity, whatever you can do, breathing, exercise, uh, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, the things we tell our patients, it's time to use them ourselves. The unhealthy way everybody spoke about was isolating yourself, uh, stewing in your own worries and stress. Don't do that. Um, Get your social circle, your support circle together. Alcohol was a no-no. Excessive alcohol, absolutely. Uh, And any high-risk behaviors were also a no-no. And keeping the Indian word we have is santulang or be centered, Uh, don't take on too much, do what you're doing well, and take care of yourself. We've all seen those airline videos which say please put on your mask before you try to help others so this is the time to take care of yourself so you're available for your family and your patients and your friends who might need you at this time
0: very well said very well said i totally echo all of those points i think exercises helped a lot uh limiting alcohol and then also what do you think about putting ourselves on a news diet because there's so much Uh, news uh, that we're exposed to, do you recommend that to your patients uh, to to limit the amount of news intake they have?
1: Less to my patients who will do what they want to or need to. Um, But my colleagues and myself and my family, we've limited our consumption of news. Um, I've increased my consumption of Netflix and Prime shows, (laughs) videos. Um, Rick Steves is a favorite of mine, watching his travel channel, since obviously we can't travel, and it's always jarring to see uh, tourists without masks. Um, but news consumption in any form, TV, radio, uh, computer, internet access, because we all seem to be in this pol- polarized world uh, in which we only watch what we can agree with. Um, so the the echo chamber is not helpful at this point. Um, I figured out I had the basic facts of COVID in my head uh, and would not deviate. For example, we have neighbors who were asking me about the mask and why they felt a mask was unnecessary. Uh, What I figured out is arguing with somebody uh, just makes them more fixed in their beliefs. So this is what I chose to do uh, in that situation, is saying, hey, I work at a hospital. I have an immunocompromised child at home. So I will do what is necessary and more. So social distancing, wear your mask, wash your hands, And in fact, I self-isolated at home for two weeks in the guest room when we had uh, staff members test positive at work. Um, We had uh, about 10 or 11 staff members test positive at work, but no patients yet. So I think what we've done at work has worked, which which is every staff member is masked, Uh, hand washing, social distancing, uh, no visitation since mid-March uh, at the state hospital and when we admit patients they admitted as a cohort uh, and isolated for 21 days tested and then moved on from those admission units.
0: Yeah, our uh, experience has been very similar uh, we've been operating non-stop since March when they started and we've had a very diligent schedule of uh, temperature checks for all staff all patients limiting number of people in the building, making sure everybody's masked, social distancing as best as we can. And so far, thankfully, we've had a few staff with uh, relatively minor cases and uh, a few patients outside of our clinic who have acquired it, but they have recovered. So I I think these strategies work, and you're right, though. Unfortunately, uh, trying to convince people of uh, the legitimacy of masks is relatively futile. Most people have kind of made up their mind about it, which is unfortunate, but that's, that's how it is. What uh, are some of the things that you are seeing as far as medications are you having to increase the people, somebody who's on chronic stable antidepressant? Uh, are, are you seeing that you're having to increase that or short-term benzodiazepines for anxiety or, uh, or more therapy? Or how, what about therapy in these sessions if somebody has particularly acute problem? Because
1: of our uh, practice in a state hospital, uh, we deal with mainly folks with severe and chronic psychotic mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, amongst my patient load, the anxiety has been checked because the nursing staff and the psychology, social work staff have done an excellent job of being available for the patients. Um, I've not had to increase benzodiazepines and antidepressants. We shy away from a lot of benzodiazepine use uh, at the state hospital, antidepressants, of course, but most of our patients are uh, need antipsychotics and mood stabilizers. And as I said, uh, on occasion, it seems we've done a very good job because patients don't want to leave the state hospital. They feel safer and more secure uh, than in the community. And our patients uh, consume the news and they've known that uh, staff have tested positive, but no patients till now have tested positive. Of course, in the community, there's a
0: huge demand for... As we were recording this interview, Dr. Seti who was on call, was uh, unfortunately interrupted by a phone call, so we had to take a break. But please uh, continue listening to finish the rest of the interview. So thank you for taking the time uh, to do this, but I'll let you continue. Uh, You were uh, mentioning about uh, management of your patients in the state hospital with the the less use of benzodiazepines and less... uh, try not to change too much of the antidepressants? Yes. Uh,
1: But I do know in the community, my colleagues uh, are facing a huge number of new patients and prior patients with worsening anxiety and depression. Um, And given that uh, in-person visits are minimal, uh, folks are using uh, online tools to... Uh, manage even new patients um, and follow up. I have a friend who operates a private practice in Las Vegas, Nevada, who said uh, folks were driving in their cars and he was doing dive through initial exams and uh, medication reviews by wearing a mask and going up to their cars and speaking to them through their windows. So I think one of the Good things about this epidemic, if you can say if there's anything good, is the innovative way of delivering both mental health and other medical care. Uh,
0: Absolutely. I, I think so. I think there is definitely been uh, quite an adaptation. This just shows us again, one, the total frailty of human life, how uh, you know, transient the whole thing can be, and two, how adaptive we are as a species. I mean, that's the other part of it. Is you know, we find we find ways to uh, to cope. Sometimes healthy, sometimes not healthy, but uh, it, it is quite a testament to the human spirit. So, but also, I think it's important to remember this is a once in a lifetime, once in a century event uh, that uh, we kind of all have forgotten about because we hadn't seen anything major like this in our lifetime. So important to keep it in perspective.
1: That's true. I was reading about the 1917-1919 flu pandemic, uh, and it seemed, at least in America, we were having the same conversations we're having now about shutting down public gatherings versus masking up. Um, and cities which masked up and shut down public gatherings did much better than cities which let uh, public gatherings happen. So It also seems we we have a tendency to repeat our mistakes. Uh,
0: (laughs) So true, so true. In closing, I wanted to ask uh, specifically about teenagers who tend to be such social animals, and of course having a teenager yourself at home, and I have one at home. Uh, and it's always a little bit of a issue in terms of, you know, their, their, their mental health, their issues in terms of how, uh, you know, are they coping. Any particular words of wisdom on that?
1: Yes, teenagers are rebellious. So if parents forbid something, they're going to try it. Uh, the challenge is how to have them socialize safely rather than forbid socialization. And that's been the stuff with the college kids congregating in bars and getting infected. It may be a better idea to open up a dialogue, explain the facts, and then help them decide how to socialize in a much safer way than forbid it completely, because forbidding stuff never works for teenagers.
0: True. Very well said. Uh, in closing, any uh, words uh, for our listeners, uh, any any thoughts, final thoughts?
1: Please, to your support system, be a support system yourself, uh, minimize harmful activity, maximize helpful activity, uh, physical exercise, get a hobby, uh, talk to friends, reach out, um And call Vikas if you have any
0: questions. Listen, by the way, on that, Wayne, we both need to get on the Zoom call that our classmates from school are doing. I did one. It was fun. I haven't been able to join the other ones, but it is
1: really fun to reconnect with our
0: old buddies. So maybe I'll see you on the Zoom call.
1: And shave and look nice
0: for that next Zoom call. Thank you so much, Samrut, for taking the time. Enjoyed it and uh, be well, be safe.
1: Thank you, Vikas.
0: Thank you. Take care. Bye.